Hey everyone, welcome to the PFF betting podcast. I am your host, Kendall Valenzuela. Joined with me, we have the best duo to, to just ever walk the earth. We've got Eric Eager here with us and Ben Brown, the two of them. It's going to be truly electric. You don't want to miss it. Um, we are going to break down our favorite USFL props for this weekend and giving our final, like kind of final best bets for the NFL draft. So let's get into it. Eric, you have a story. I, I just heard you had a story just to even start us off. Maybe? I did. Yeah. So, um, you know, look, I, I, I'm, I'm going to plug a few people's work here because I think that they, I'm just, I'm just carrying the ball. I'm the running back here. That doesn't matter yes. uh, in this situation, but like uh, our very own Brad Spielberger has been working tirelessly uh, on, you know, sort of building, you know, uh, contract information, stuff for agents, stuff for teams, stuff for players. And uh, he, uh, you know, he's been giving us, you know, a little bit of information about the draft. And I got to say, I-, I was like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. You, you know, sort of gave me context about it. I'm not going to give this away, you know, for, because he's our source, I guess. Um, and, and I was like, okay. He's like, the number won't move, the number one move. I wake up today, the number moved a little bit. Which means Brad betted, I think, or somebody betted. Has to be, has to. So <laughs> I, it's like seven thirty Eastern. I'm like, I'm like, okay. Fine, you woke up in a cold and, sweat, probably. And, and, and <laughs> Ben. Cool. So for context, I live in Ohio. Ben lives in Iowa. In Iowa, you can bet legally on most things, but not draft props or college football props, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, where I live in, in Lebanon, Ohio is probably an hour away from Lawrenceburg, Indiana, where there's a sports book and there's a, uh, you know, you can bet legally online. So I get into my car. Um, I take a few meetings in my car on the way there. Uh, I stop off. I get, I get, I bet all the way to the limit on my DraftKings account, which is not even that high, like it's a couple hundred bucks limit is. I go into the casino. I take about as much out of my ATM as they'll allow me to. And then I go to like four or five different kiosks. Bang, bang, bang. Got these tickets now. Kicking it old school. I even took a picture. I was actually going to put it on Instagram of how like it was extremely like foggy and like dingy. And I parked like in the top of the parking lot of this sports book. And so it was truly the most degenerate thing I've ever done. Um, but I went ahead and did it. And then... I had to have my meeting. So I, you know, I run R and D and Ben's in my group and I took our like group meeting outside of a coffee shop. What was the coffee shop's name? It was something crazy. Yeah. It was like sleepy house coffee shop or something. (laughs) Um, I I actually am going to look this up uh, because it was, Funny Farm Coffee Company was where I was. <laughs> house was where, close. Where I was, <laughs> and I was, and like the internet was like okay, and I was trying to do some other stuff for R and D. So like I literally had to take the Slack call on my phone because I was taking up too much internet on my computer. So it was it was a hell of a day. Came back, took a haircut. I've uh, been uh, been going to meetings since then. So uh, that that's dedication. I think that is dedication. That is dedication. Cash. If you're trying to actually make money betting sports and betting the draft and stuff, oftentimes that's the dedication you have to do. Ben moved all the way to Iowa. 
And, That's and, so, I mean, and, for the whole sole reason, right? The whole, the whole reason, not his family. And, not and then, I got, then I got lied to. I didn't realize that they didn't offer not only college football player props, but I also don't get a lot of draft props. So I've been yeah. uh, scrambling, mm. trying to find uh, various outs throughout this whole process. <laughs> and, and which probably brings us maybe a little bit to, you know, another topic that Eric and I have been talking about a lot. And it's this idea of, you know, offshore versus legalized sports, but obviously we get involved with both of them. But uh, I did think Eric had some interesting uh, insight, at least into some of the offshore, I would say like the, the PPH play per head shops uh, more so than, you know, some of the other shady sites that you deal with on, you know, offshore, but I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that in the NFL drop. Yeah, give it, give it to us, Eric. Give them the goods, give them the goods. Well, so like right now it it does appear like DraftKings is posting lines first, right? So like Mm -hmm. DraftKings has this, you know, just a little inside baseball, like DraftKings does not have the reputation for being the sharpest sports book out there, right? I think that that goes to, if you're looking at legal books in the States, you're looking at, uh, you're looking at Circa, which is out of Iowa, Colorado, and uh, Las, uh, Nevada. And, and then, you know, you have Pinnacle, you have Betcris, like those are offshores. And, you know, most everybody else is just copying lines from everybody else. And so, mm-hmm. you know, but th- for draft props, you have had like, DraftKings post them first right. and then you you end up getting like these offshores which aren't particularly sharp all they're doing is sort of like copying the orders and then adding another like 10 cents of big to both sides and so oftentimes Ben and I when we look at our offshore accounts we'll say oh look uh, 365 or whatever has you know these props and, and Ben's like yeah they're just like shittier prices right so like let's ignore them the crazy thing becomes though, they're also slower. So like, as yeah. yeah. So like as Kyle Hamilton goes from pick six and a half to eight and a half to nine and a half, to 10 and a half or sauce Gardner, the big one I have with sauce Gardner, like I had not made a sauce Gardner bet the entire uh, draft season. Mm-hmm. Um, our book had him at seven and a half. I think under was something like eventually it ended up being like minus 190, 200 right. or so which when it was seven and a half painted across the whole marketplace, that was a bad price. Mm-hmm. But now that he's five and a half, you look at bet online unders like minus 165, then seven and a half under being minus 200 is actually like a pretty good price. And right. so it's not necessarily like the hold is still not good in a lot of these places, but their slowness makes them a good price relative to the current truth that's reflected in the rest of the marketplace. So I think that that's where, you know, you, you know, I, I know that we wanted to sort of write some of these books off, but, you know, ultimately, like they end up having some value later on. Like last year, for the third overall pick market, like when when Trey Lance was starting to emerge as the favorite, like they hung up a price, like an offshore book that we have hung up a price that was like plus 110. And the mm-hmm. rest of the marketplace had gone down from plus 300 to plus 150. So compared to plus 150 at the time that they changed their price, that's a shitty price. Mm-hmm. But once the entire marketplace moved to him as like a minus 400 favorite, plus 110 is a great value. Right. And so you can pop that even though it's a, it's a crappy book with high hold. At that time, it's actually not so bad. And, and again, this is the one place where, you know, almost the one place, like if you're betting things like football or, uh, you know, any other like major market, you probably don't even see this in, uh, in sports like the WNBA anymore either where they used to be soft but they've become a lot sharper mm-hmm. like that's like the only place where you get these humongous price discrepancies where going right. book to book and just picking off numbers is, is really a, a good play for you 
Right. So are you guys are you guys then like doing that? Are you guys watching them a little bit more now? Because this is like the first time I've heard you guys like kind of talk about that recently. Or what are you guys doing? Are you guys are you guys when you see something that you like, are you just betting it right away, knowing that it's probably going to change and they're just a little bit slower? Well, and I, I think that this is a pretty good a piece of advice for like any sport. Like if you are even NFL, now the edges are going to be so much smaller, but like I always show, like I, I show you guys Pinnacle and Chris's line in the Slack channel. Like if you're looking at the sharp books and the sharp books make a move. So let's say in a game, for example, it goes from like Tampa Bay minus three to Tampa Bay minus three and a half. And then you go and you look and some of these offshore or some of these square books still have Tampa Bay three. Like that's kind of where you would go in and, you know, depending upon uh, what the, the, if it's three minus one ten versus three and a half minus one ten, you would go ahead and bet three um, mm-hmm. in, in draft markets that, you know, we're looking at, you know, DraftKings is usually the first place where they come out. They might not be, again, they might not be sharp, but that's the first place where they come out and the first place where they change. So if, if they change, let's say again, sauce Gardner from six and a, seven and a half, five and a half, like then what we'll do is go look at all these other books and see if the other books are slow to go. And, 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 and you know, they're still hanging up a seven and a half because in theory, that's where, you know, sort of the value ends up being. Yeah. Yeah. The, like the idea is kind of like timeless, right. But it's obviously identifying who are the originators of the market and then who are actually going to be the ones lagging behind. And it does seem like, uh, especially for draft props, like the paperhead shops have been uh, really slow, I would say, over the past couple of years. I do think it's probably uh, a pretty easy spot to exploit. So, Eric, are you going to post those photos on Instagram then? I need, I kind of need the photo. <laughs> Guys, if, if you don't, if you don't follow Eric Eager on Instagram, it is a great what are you follow. Doing is it, it's like it's the, a great follow. I feel like it's like a combination of like wholesome stuff and just like, wow, this guy is a degenerate. <laughs> you know it is yeah because you post your kids which is incredible like family guy he's like adorable kids and then he's like and then he's like yeah well he's got all his screens watching usfl and you're like oh there's eric like there he is there's eric the other side of eric the other side of eric yeah i mean just to kind of like give a class another example is like hamilton like we got hamilton over six and a half at like plus 111 when the whole market was him on him at eight and a half Right. And huh. again, like those, you're just never going to get that kind of value and, you know, and, and you max those bets out or whatever. And again, like, I think you have way more and, and we'll get to the USFL on this as well. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think people are like, oh, if you're betting the draft, you must be like, you gotta, you gotta seek help. And I'm like, no, if you're putting limit size bets into NFL markets, you need to seek help because you're, right. you're swimming with some sharks on a yeah. Sunday morning. No and you're going to lose right? money. So- if you really want to make money sports betting, you have to, you know, the draft is a great place to flex your muscles and get, mm-hmm. and get stronger. The USFL, like, strangely, is a way to try to understand, you know, and fl- like flex your muscles and understand how to build a power ranking, how to, how to you know, make a number between the game. And when your number differs from the, pri- the, the, the price that's offered by the sports book, you bet your beliefs or you reevaluate your beliefs. I think that mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's all that betting really is. It's, you know, we're, we're trying to, and, 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 you know, there's educational research about this. Uh, you know, when I was a professor, like it was big time. Like if you give your students, you know, skin in the game type of type of exercises, they learn faster. And like, I don't think, I mean, I just looked at, you know, both of you, obviously, like, and myself, it's like, we've all gotten a lot smarter about the NFL game by putting our own skin in the game because mm-hmm. like the, the feedback loop is so much more um, 
the, the feedback loop is so much more real. Like you mm-hmm. can say whatever you want about, like I can say whatever I want about the LA Dodgers, but like if I don't have skin in the game, I don't even know what the score of their game was last night, let alone yeah. like what actually happened. So, you know, that that's, I, I think it's a, and this time of year, you know, a new football league, but also the draft is a really good time for you to flex your muscles so that when you go into the ring, uh, you know, in the fall with sides and totals in NFL and college, you're that much smarter. What are your favorite, just for people that maybe aren't in offshore stuff, what are you guys' favorites? What are you guys' ones that you trust the most for if anyone wants to take your advice and start looking? You know, um, at least like as far as bets you're talking about, yeah, for that yeah, 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 especially, yeah. I'll let Eric go first. I think he's got some blocks. <laughs> I got, I got Just, a couple, but you I, can't I, give this great advice and then not say which ones are maybe the ones that you should be looking at. So, so Bet Online has a a uh, prop right now. Uh, John Mechie, the wide receiver from Alabama, under fifty nine and a half. I I took under that uh, on Bet Online. Um, I have a few friends in the NFL who have draft picks like right around that area who have specifically gone out of their way to tell me that John Mechie is good. Um, mm-hmm. So like, I'd be surprised if, if he went into 60 or later, um, that's one that, that I'm, I'm a big fan of um, this price continues to climb. So, you know uh, I probably take it up until 200 minus 200, but under seven and a half offensive linemen, um, mm-hmm. you know, I've been doing a lot of mock drafts and, you know, mm-hmm. last year, the number was six and a half. And we got to five offensive linemen, mm-hmm. usually wide. And you're seeing the wide receiver market go up, mm-hmm. right? So five and a half has become more and more expensive. The quarterback market, it started at three and a half. It got to two and a half, but now we're starting to see more three and a half. So there's a chance of three quarterbacks. But at the same time, the offense, the total offensive players market at 16 and a half, the under is the favorite there. So the only thing congruent with that is, and then there's also the the sort of, long tail stuff if somebody takes a tight end randomly somebody takes mm-hmm. a wider uh, a running back which is an underdog but in becoming increasingly less so at plus 145 Brees hall a possibility to buffalo the 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 one that gets squeezed is offensive lineman and i and i think the offensive lineman learning curve our colleague timo Riske wrote about it where it takes linemen longer to develop we have more teams that are more all in on this season than you've ever seen it. So the a team taking a developmental lineman and not wanting him to play right away in the early, in the late twenties, that I think is decreased. So under seven and a half linemen, uh, offensive linemen is a big one. Um, and then the last one, and, and this is again, uh, one where when me and Ben made the market mock, it just kept popping up, but over six and a half big 10 players taken in the first round. Um, mm-hmm. I just see at the end of the first round, you're seeing Jaquan Brisker, you're seeing Daxon Hill, you're seeing uh, Arnold Ebikite, you're seeing um, Jahan Dotson. Dotson. Like mm-hmm. there's like a collection of Big Ten players that I think could go in round one that, that you know, they don't all have to go in round one. Like you're, you're already to five players in the Big Ten that are kind of locks. And then you have like four to five players that are all going to stack in picks 26 through 32. I think you easily get over six and a half uh, Big Ten players. Yeah, I do think that's actually a pretty good hedge, uh, you know, with the offensive lineman under seven and a half as well, because I do think like Tyler Linderbaum's kind of like the key, I would say, in a lot of ways yeah. to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. seven and a half offensive lineman actually going over. How the, how does the 
how does the league actually value some of those interior offensive linemen and those sorts of things? That's an interesting question that's going to happen. But if he, you know, obviously big 10 player from Iowa, if he does go, uh, I think that's obviously going to help the big 10 uh, number go over. You could probably still get there pretty easily if he does end up going in the first round, like Eric said, mentioned some other guys. So I kind of like that one as a hedge actually quite a bit. One that I have, uh, repeatedly said, and for some reason it has not, or, you know, it just hasn't moved, but we have seen, you know, Eric talked about it earlier, but, you know, Derek Stinley's, you know, an odds on favor basically to get drafted in the top 10 now have seen his number uh, basically move to from like 12 and a half up to 10 and a half up to nine and a half. Uh, you know, Ahmad Sas Gardner, his draft mm-hmm. position number has moved as well, but uh, we haven't seen, you know, the overall cornerback market four and a half plus 110 plus 120 price really adjust that much. I do think if some of those guys end up in the top 10, you're going to see, you know, more selections in the back half of the first round uh, from that particular position. So I, I like that one here still quite a bit. And I do think there's, you know, a few other opportunities I would say in the draft market as well. So I had two questions that were sent over uh, Twitter DMS for you guys. I'm sorry. I forget. I forget the names of whoever sent them. So just know that you're being heard though. So the first one was, do you guys have any player specific props that you are betting on for the NFL draft? Like what who, Kenny Pickett to go to the Panthers, anything like that, that you guys are seeing that you guys think still has some value out there. I have some Pittsburgh to draft Malik Willis. I think that that's actually moved, but I have been pretty steadfast in my belief that Pitt, like, so the, my, my, my reasoning for this is, is very provincial. Uh, in 2017, the Kansas city chiefs, my favorite team, I, I was, I was on the radio saying Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. And part of the reason I was, was because I thought Patrick Mahomes was the 27th best player in the draft and he was going to be a huge value there. And as, and I remember I was on my friend Seren Petro's show and he's like, well, what if they have to trade to 10? And I'm like, no, they don't have to trade to 10. And then we get to draft time. And I remember this is the first ever draft prop I've ever bet. And it was with Ben. uh, And we bet Patrick Mahomes under 16 and a half draft position. And I, I can remember it like it was yesterday. It was like, it was like my first two months of knowing George, like we were preparing, like this was the first year we worked together. And I was, I was as insufferable as I've ever been, which is a, which is a feat. But when I saw the Buffalo Bills icon switch to the Kansas City Chiefs icon, pick 10 of the 2017 draft, I, I did, I did circles around my house. <laughs> they traded up, they got my guy, they got Patrick Mahomes. And again, like I'm not trying to compare Malik Willis to Patrick Mahomes, but I think like the the um, the the trajectory is similar, right? He's a guy that like steadily improved, steadily got on our radar. We thought of him as kind of a second round pick, but then at once everybody got a hold of his athleticism, his upside. You know, he was linked to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and like, what if Pittsburgh has to get to ten, right? Mm-hmm. What if Pittsburgh has to get to eight? What if they have to get to six with Carolina? I think they're going to do what's necessary to trade up. And go ahead and get Malik Willis. So, uh, you know, th- that's the one where I, that's really my only like, hey, this player and this and this pick makes sense. Um, when you look at Willis, the it, Steelers are seven to two to take him. Panthers are still the favorite, plus two fifty. But I would still take take uh, three and a half to one Pittsburgh to take Malik Willis. There you have it, Ben. Do you got any yeah. any so I've been, I've been kind of interested. Yeah, I mean, I like. I'm kind of interested in like the team draft specials. I know it's not player specific, but it is team specific ones mm-hmm. that they have on Fanduel. So one that definitely jumps out to me. It is correlated basically with my cornerbacks market, but uh, I do think the 
Cincinnati Bengals are going to go cornerback uh, at the end of the first round there. So plus 340 on that price. Uh, the market expectation is offensive lineman, basically uh, plus 100 odds. So, you know, 50-50 chance. Defensive lineman plus 250. But uh, I do think they're going to go cornerback there at the end of the first round. I do think that's uh, probably one of my favorite uh not necessarily player specific, but team specific option. Yeah, that one's that one's pretty dull, right? Because the, the they've addressed offensive line and free agency, right? right? Mm-hmm. About right. as yep. well as you can. Right. Um, that that actually reminds me of one more. Um, and, and on. team draft specials. So if you look at uh, the Atlanta Falcons, um, is that one still up, Ben? I'm not. See- I'm, yeah, I'm not seeing that one right now. I only see Arizona. Okay, because um, so, yeah. somebody somebody messaged me and like they said, you know, wide like wide receiver was a fav- you know, wide receiver corner mm-hmm. safety all this. I think the Falcons take Charles Cross at eight, and oh. you know if you can get the Falcons to take an offensive lineman with their first pick, um, I think that that's a pretty good. I think that's a pretty good pick. Um, and Charles Cross is now set, seven and a half, eight. We right got there, under eight yeah. and a half. It's seven and a half now. Um, you know, but again, I think a lot, like, I think Ben's right. I think a lot of these, if you can get, you know, if you're looking at one, especially a team that's picking later, um, and you get a team that's picking later, and there's like an overwhelming favorite. So in Ben's example, the line, you know, Bengals are picking 31st. Offensive linemen's even money. Mm-hmm. like that's ridiculous it's the same thing when you have these positional markets where it's not like corner where guys can go to top five like sauce Gardner, but it's like running back where you know it might be picked 40 before one's taken at that point it's like styles make bites right like that's mm-hmm. the Clyde Edward Delaire being taken over Jonathan Taylor type situation right uh last year the it was what Richie Grant was the first safety when uh, I believe um who was the favorite it was the it was a Javon Hall. I can't remember who was the favorite, but it was like, you know, safety wasn't even picked in round one and the favorite wasn't even close to being taken first, mm-hmm. you know? So for some of these where you have like first tight end taken, if you can find a, a market for that, don't take the favorite, take some, take, you know, take somebody who's a little bit more of a long shot. Um, I mean, should they even have an Indianapolis Colts, you know, first drafted player, they don't even pick till the second round. Right. right and so the, right. And the offensive lineman, there's less than plus 200. That just seems ridiculous to me that that the market would seem to know with all that much certainty what they're going to take uh, with their first pick, given everything that can transpire before it. If you guys like, cause you guys said big 10 um, over like over six and a half, right. That's where you guys were headed. Do you guys like any of the other ones? Like the sec is, you know, plus what am I looking at? Plus one Oh five to go under 10 and a half. Do you like any of those counters to, if you like the big 10 to go over to take any unders on other um, of the college props? I think the PAC 12 is the one that might go under um, ACC mm-hmm. possibly as well. Uh, I think the SEC is always a good bet to go over. Right. The, the, the They're both that, at four and a half. The bet that we made today uh, would seem to be correlated with the over on the SEC. If you want to try to reverse engineer what we bet today uh with the with the syndicate uh that that the sec is just one where you know you think about like matt corral sneaks into the first round that's mm-hmm. an sec uh you know you know nicobe dean sneaks into the first right. round that's an mm-hmm. sec um you know uh i'm trying to think of uh, Devonte wyatt sneaks like those are all yeah. sec you know guys like that jameson williams is a lock now mm-hmm. when before people didn't think john mechie could be you know that surprise you know like a, a, a pick uh, that, that they make and stuff like that. So 
The, the tricky one is there's no Las Vegas Raiders in the first round, so they're not going to take an Alex Leatherwood type player, right. uh, you know, but, um, but at the same time, like you have that, like you, you, I think, I think with the sec, like 11 players is no, is no, and you're getting a decent price. You're getting minus mm-hmm. 130. I think in most places to go over 10 and a half. Okay. Any other NFL draft problems? We'll probably do another show before this, but any other ones you want to leave the people with Ben and Eric before we move on to the USFL? I think we got the, I think we got all the value right now. Hopefully we're going to get, you know, a few more options here. Mm-hmm. I would like to be, you know, obviously see some more player specific draft position ones, but uh, yeah, I think, I think we're going to get a few more offerings here before it's all said and done. So we got to run it back maybe one more time. One more time. time. One more time. So Eric, how was your first week of USFL? How did you do? It, I, I told Ben I could have gone on vacation if uh, the uh, New Jersey Generals would have just uh, finished what Donald Trump started and won that game. Right, but right. Uh, <laughs> the joke is, of course, Donald Trump owned the previous version of the New Jersey Generals, uh, a team quarterback by Hers- by uh, Doug Flutie and with a running back, Herschel Walker. Um, in that game, I had I had Generals plus three and a half. I had under, was it 42 by the time it closed, Ben? Yeah, yeah. If you just would have got one stop at the end of the game, both of those would have hits. Instead, I was down pretty badly after the first game. And then uh, Ben and I did not lose a USFL bet on Sunday, Easter Sunday. God, God shined down on right. us. Like always. Uh, or on Easter Sunday with no losses in the USFL. We got lucky that Mich- it was the um, Philadelphia Stars, New Orleans Breakers game mm-hmm. that the total was 42. There was a touchdown to get it to what forty, so it was twenty three seventeen, and they missed uh, yeah. miss the extra point, and then there was like three missed field goals after that. Oh my right, gosh. Right. And, yeah. and then and then New Orleans like got the ball back, so Philadelphia chickened out and punted down six with like four minutes left, thinking they could play defense. And there was a couple runs by New Orleans where the guy broke it off but like tripped or something, and so they ended up kneeling the game out. So that game went under, which was nice, and uh, Philadelphia covered the teaser that we bet with them we didn't like that was the only game we didn't bet aside Mm -hmm. Uh, we only teased it up so that was that was fun um and then the monday night game which was supposed to be the sunday night game uh we had the pittsburgh maulers plus six they were horrendous so that was a loss but we did have under (laughs) which was no sweat at all yeah i don't think the lock yeah so we were up like 11%, I would say, Ben and I, uh, on betting USFL week one. So good. The answer, yeah. long, long-winded answer to your question is good. I love that. I love those answers. Who, who's your team, Eric? I know Ben's told whoever us like his Whoever covers is my team. <laughs> whoever, like I honestly, whoever covers is my team. I think I'm on Jeff Fisher tonight. So like, I, I'm it's Jeff Fisher. Fun. It's going to be fun. I'm a Jeff Fisher fan. Yeah. Like right. I'm Who a Jeff isn't? Fisher fan. I think I think I'm only just not a fan of Pittsburgh. I think right now they're just setting yes. you know the course of football back by like twenty. I, I mean, years. They're, the they're only them. I can't, they had I can't the biggest lib owning drive I've ever right. seen. Like where they went hand off, like four tight ends hand off to the running back three yards, four tight ends hand off to the running back three yards, and then it was like third and medium, and they were like hand off to the running back and then punt on fourth and two. You're already mm-hmm. down seven nothing, and I'm like. Right. This what? is over. <laughs> I feel so owned right now. And right. Like at the same time, the Tampa Bay Bandits, who were supposed to be the best team in the league, mm-hmm. only scored, what was it, 17, maybe 20. I know they missed 17. It was 17. 17. Yeah. 17. I think, so, yeah. like, Pittsburgh had every chance in the world to cover six. They couldn't and even get a touchdown. They didn't. And it was, yeah. So, look, like, again, these new leagues give you a chance to flex your betting muscles because you're going to be on, on if you're on overs, you're going to go broke. You're going to be in the poorhouse. So you got to be on unders. 
And like unders are hard to bet, but mm-hmm. at least these leagues give you the, the added benefit of the unders winning. The unders win in this league. Yeah, you don't feel bad when you bet it either. So what are you guys, what are you guys on this weekend? I know there's a game tonight as we're recording this, so we can either skip that one or go through it. But what are you guys on tonight and what do you like besides all the unders? I'm assuming all the unders, because that's what Ben said last weekend. And he was right. It worked. Yeah. It worked. We got yeah. we got some early unders and like they moved uh two points Double basically. Points. I think it was like 43 yeah. and a half, 42 and a half. Okay. We both down to like 40 and a half, 41 uh now. So we are on some of those unders from early in the week. It was weird. Uh, the release, right? Like for a long time, there's only two games uh, out for the, you know, the books that I was looking mm-hmm. at basically. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have those two. I did have some success uh, live betting the New Orleans Breakers last week. And I do think that uh, Bet MGM was basically the only book I could find that was offering some live odds on uh, the USFL. But uh, I think that's how I'm going to approach it, especially tonight with Jeff Fisher at the helm. So uh, I don't have a ton of feel for uh, either, either side of the spread, I think happening. What do you, what do you got, Eric? So I, yeah. So tonight's game, whether you're listening tonight, I, you know, I like Jeff Fisher's team, uh, the Michigan Panthers plus one, uh, plus plus one twenty or no plus even money on the money line. Mm-hmm. Um, that might, that one might be gone, but you know, there is actually a low total, um, Maulers versus stars with yeah. the, noon, the yeah. noon game next week or tomorrow. And I like, I'll go under 35. I'll make this team. This is army Navy to me. I'll make this team. <laughs> I'll make this team score uh, some points here. The, the, the uh, Pittsburgh ballers on early downs had a 22.7% success rate in their first game and negative 0.6 expected points. Uh, oh almost 0.7. So they're horrendous. They, I, I need that. I need to see them score some points. And, and the funniest part was we got some unders last week with some defensive touchdowns too. Like right. there were some help, there were some helpers mm-hmm. that, 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 but still didn't get us to the window in, in a week where all the opening totals went under and, and the closing totals were three and one to the under. Right. Um, yeah. So I like that one. I also like the new, so this is actually like, and, and I'm not even joking. Three o'clock on Sunday, New Orleans breakers, Tampa Bay bandits. Those are the two best teams in the league. So I'm kind mm-hmm. of pumped about that. Kyle Slaughter was a little bit injured on the Saturday game. He's always been great in preseason. Um, and you know, he's a pretty good quarterback. Jordan Tiamu threw a couple of interceptions against Pittsburgh. Great, I think yeah. Pittsburgh's defense might be actually decent. They might be, it might be as good as their offense is bad. So, you know, New Orleans is two and a half point underdogs, they're plus 125 on the money line. I would take them in that game because you know, the other side, my former head coach with the Chiefs, Todd Haley, uh, you know, I think he's having fun out there, but. And he was scheming some stuff open, but he's still kicking field goals on like fourth mm-hmm. and goal from the three. He's still doing a lot of like silly stuff. So bet the underdog in that game. I would not bet the under. That's the one game I would not bet the under. There are two decent quarterbacks in okay. that game. So that's the one on uh, New Orleans plus 125 is my bet for Sunday. It's always so entertaining having both of you together because you just you bring out the the best the best bets in each other. And it is so entertaining. It is so entertaining. Any other USFL, any other nuggets, like anything you want people to know, USFL, NFL draft, anything that you want the people to know before you guys sign off. Well, I'll just say, like, I know, you know, you guys are probably gonna do another show mm-hmm. next week. I think some of the best content that we do, Ben's been doing this for two, three years now. Um, is the Friday morning after the first round. I don't think there's nice. any, I don't think there's somebody I don't think there's anybody in the industry that that makes more money on Friday of the draft than Ben. Um, so you know like that that article, two and three that article nice. that comes out 
um, the Friday morning uh, that, that looks at what happened in the first round, you know, bet some exact is in the second. Like I remember we had what running wide receiver first Indianapolis pick a couple of years ago and it was uh, Michael Pittman and like all that yeah. kind of we stuff. Had T Higgins too, for uh, nice. Cincinnati two T. years Higgins ago as to well. Cincinnati. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that that's, I just think it's great content. Obviously we have the, the draft show, which is Thursday night, mm-hmm. Friday night, and then Saturday afternoon. I'm on night, night one, myself, Trevor Sikama, Chris Collinsworth and Mike Renner, um, with, with Austin Gale and Seth Galina on like the beer bar on the oh side. God. So that's just going to be an, ob- <laughs> an, an awesome experience. And, and then obviously, you know, like it's been such a, you know, a great treat that how much, you know, better we've gotten at, at betting content because of you guys and stuff. So I think it'll be, it'll just be a fun week of, of, of true degenerate splendor before we have like three or four months of uh, just uh, USFL and CFL football. Exactly. Yeah. We'll have another, Ben and I will have another show. Eric, if you want to join us, we would love to have you, but um, yeah, we're, we're, it's a big week. We're all getting ready for it. So pff.com slash betting, just pff.com in general, you guys put out another mock draft too. That was awesome. Um, So if you guys are so inclined, everyone go check everything out, but we'll be back next week with another episode of best bets. And thank you so much everyone for listening. Mm -hmm.